Welcome back, everybody, to the GIR. We're excited. I'm in a little bit different setting here today. I came into the office, one of the, uh, I think since COVID hit, this is maybe my 12th time visiting the office. Usually it was to, in a year. well, it's usually to like, you know, pick something up too, like a chair or a filing cabinet or other things to populate my home office, but I'm back for today. Riddle um, me this, you're in yeah. Southern California. Why do you have three layers on? It's it's cold here in the in the office. Like one of the things, if you looked outside, we've got about nine thousand square feet. I think it is here in the office, and there are two of us um, here. And he's in his office way over on the other side, and it's all this dark area between us right now. So a lot of the HVAC stuff just isn't on. It's cold in the building. If I went outside, I would take it off. It's cool. It's it's warm and sunny outside, as you can see in the window behind me here. Yeah, it's chilly here in the office today. So. And, you know, I'm a bit of a wimp, so, but anyway, uh, we are excited for today's episode. Uh, it's, it's a different, different set of guests that we have here for sure. Some it things is. that you'll definitely be interested in hearing about. Um, I would say what number episode this is, but I don't know. I think we're up to 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. We've got some more cool stuff here coming yet this year, uh, especially as golf begins to get ready to kick off as our guests today, I'm sure are going to talk about, you know, some of their opening dates and what they're expecting too. Kyle, I think you've got some, some cool facts to share with us about I do. what we're talking so, about today. Today, we are talking about Native American golf. Rob, did you know there are roughly 55 Native Americanly owned golf courses in the country? I thought there were 54. So thanks. Well, <laughs> so. You, you sit corrected. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is a fascinating topic, and we're so blessed to have kind of two great um, tribal leaders, course operators, uh, resort um, owners uh, on the show. Uh, you'll hear from, in a moment, moment, Laura Penny. She's the CEO of Coeur d'Alene. That is a resort in uh, Worley, Idaho, and they're part of the Coeur d'Alene tribe. And then we also have Tony Mancia. He's the GM of Island Resorts and Casino. That's in Harris, Michigan, the Upper Peninsula. And that's part of the Harrisville Indian community, which is really a band of the Potawatomi tribe. Potawatomi, can you say that? No. So I didn't, I didn't know there were 55 either. And another thing that I learned in our research for today's episode is that most of the tribal courses devote four to five times more land or acreage to their golf course than a, than a standard city course. That's pretty cool. So the courses you can that do, you get to drive a bit between holes and experience more of the land are yeah, and, and you'll hear always fun to play. Go through sort of heritage sites and and you'll get get to see how they honor their ancestral heritage uh, throughout the course. You know, a standard track in city can be done on as little as eighty acres, uh, but Coeur d'Alene goes up to I think six hundred and twenty, and uh, Island is around three thirty, uh, as they'll talk about. Um, so, uh, I think we've babbled enough. Let's get, let's get right into the show and, and welcome nice Laura to. and Tony to the show. So we're so excited to have you both on the show today to discuss and explore rarely the, the heritage and the ancestral kind of components that Native American uh, tribes have begun to, or for a long time really, have incorporated into 
their resort properties, their casino properties, and, and for our purposes, the golf properties. So why don't we just take a quick moment, have you each kind of briefly introduce yourself and more particularly your properties. And then I know Rob and I have some questions to, to dig a little deeper. Ladies first, uh, Laura Penny, why don't you uh, t tell us all about Coeur d'Alene? Um, Ahas, uh, Lim very pleased to be here. Uh, my name is Laura Penny and I'm currently the CEO. I've been CEO since October, 2019. So pretty new to my position. However, I've been to the property. Um, I've been on property since inception, uh, which is going on 28 years here in March. Um, we started out it, with a bingo hall in 1993 and um, as a, soon led into a casino. Um, and then we had uh, a great idea to open a golf course to establish ourselves more as a resort and to appeal to a broader audience as well and to complement our amenities that we had in place with our casino resort. So we opened Circling Raven Golf Club in 2003. And um, at the time, our CEO, David Matheson um, and our tribal council um, looked at the development in the land that we had. And of course, we live on a beautiful uh, Coraline reservation and we have beautiful uh, tall pine trees and rolling flus hills and mountains um, surrounding. We have a lake that's near us as well and abundant wildlife. So we had um, the makings for a beautiful golf course and then something special. And um, so we had uh, put out bids for some developers and design and um, Gene Bates won the, um, the bid. Uh, most importantly, because he uh, chose to work with our, our land and to not disrupt uh, the beauty and to knock things down and move things. He rather, he chose to work around the beautiful landscape and enhance um, what we had as far as, um, you know, we even have a railroad um, track that goes through here, through our golf course and we have tunnels. And so it's very unique and it's very beautiful and it's very open and uh, it's quite an experience. Um, I'm a golfer and I'm not a good golfer, but I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy the game and the camaraderie of the game, but it's just beautiful. It's something to experience. It's almost um, like, um, you know, like a spiritual experience. We have two, um, two eagles, bald eagles on hole 17 that have been nesting for the past five years now. And, you know, it's not unusual to see um, elk and deer and we've even had some cougar sightings but we'll keep that to ourselves <laughs> it's out there um, now laura yeah, <laughs> um, she, she's not out there right now so um so we have abundant wildlife it's just really something special and um you know so people come here to enjoy the game of golf but it's it's such a beautiful setting and it's something that as a tribe you know we wanted to make sure that we um um, you know, we value our land, we appreciate our land, and circle raving is something that we're all proud of. And as I said, we opened in 2003, and um, I think that we've um, established ourselves as a reputable uh, golf resort, but um, really something special. Oh, certainly. More than reputable. It's, a, it's on the LPGA tour now, isn't it? So oh, yes. A, yes. The Metro's in August. Well, nothing, yes. uh, bless your heart, nothing like taking over a hospitality company uh, right before COVID. So <laughs> you got really thrown to the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, also joining us is Tony Mancia. He's the GM of Island Resorts and Casino in Harris, Michigan. Uh, welcome to the show. Tell us about your property. Thanks for having me. Um, 
I would attest to Laura's golf course is beautiful. I played it several times. I'm actually from Idaho, so I oh. get out there every, very often. Um, our, our resort is, uh, we're the second oldest tribal casino in the country. We uh, started in 1985 with a card, with a card room. And now we have 326, 336 rooms going on 455. So we're adding on right now. We have two championship golf courses. One hosts a Symmetra Tour event. And that one opened in 2008. It's called the Sweetgrass Golf Club. Uh, very similar to the, the Circling Raven in looks and play with how it plays on the turf. And then we have a second course we opened in 2018 called the Sage Run Golf Club. And it's more up in the hills, a lot of trees, um, really resort style, very unique. Both courses were designed by Paul Albanese, uh, who's done many projects. He did it at the Tatanka Club in Nebraska, which is another reservation. And it's the number one public course in Nebraska. So he's a really good architect. And so, yeah, we've been in the golf business for since 2008, and it's a great amenity. Um, I call it the low-hanging fruit. Uh, people pay you to be here. They, you don't have to pay them. To, you don't have to have any other incentives other than a great course. So uh, something we're real proud of. We're also a Symmetra Tour host. We've been doing that since 2011. We'll be hosting our 10th event this year, and we love having it. It's, it's a great great thing for the area for for our sponsors for our our customers and the golfers in the area love to watch it you know one thing we uh, i get i'm lucky enough to get to work with a lot of resorts um of of all types in in the golf industry and one thing that i hear i've heard over the years pretty continually is that um especially from those operating the golf course specifically is that golf is is really an amenity at the resort as, as much as anything, but you guys have, have succeeded in, in not just building quality golf courses, but you've attracted professional play. You know, what's the, is there a, a constant juggling act in maintaining a, a reputation as a quality competitive golf facility, but then also that amenity to your, to your resort and casino customers? Well, we've been doing it quite a while and, and the tour really sets the course up for the players. So okay. that's really not a, a we, don't, we really don't worry about the pros. All they do is move them back a tee and they cut the greens slower and they get the greens faster. Um, but with that being said, we have it set up with quick greens and players can play from wherever they want and they can have that tour experience if, if they want to play a 6,600 yard course. And, and so it's all there. So Symmetra, this will be our first year hosting. We were supposed to host last year. And of course, um, because of pandemic, uh, we had to um, reschedule. So we're pretty excited and um, we're not sure what to expect, but we've heard great things. And um, we did speak with Tony earlier with his team and they had nothing but great things to say as far as the the effect on the on the resort as well as the community. So we're very much looking forward to that. And Symmetra has a great reputation um, of bringing quality golfers and attracting um, some great sponsorships. So we're really looking forward to to the new um, the new tour coming coming. Um, as far as um, an amenity, um, golf has been um, amenity for us. Um, however, Circling Raven has kind of taken off on its own. 
and establish itself as far as much more than just an amenity. It definitely complements our brand and also enhances our, our resort and um, as far as getting out um, our name. And so it's complimented as well. Yeah, one of the things I was really curious that if you guys could touch on is, it's sort of a two-part question. As, you, as your tribes look to expand beyond casinos into the amenity of the golf courses, how did you sort of balance the need to steward ancestral lands? And then really how is some of those tribal elements really incorporated throughout either the golf course or the property? I think that people do appreciate um, a story and we have a legacy. And um, we as Coraline tribal people, um, we live on our ancestral lands and we have lived here for centuries. Um, and so we very much respect and value our lands and we have a story and we have a great story as far as perseverance and also um, just really taking care of our lands and our waters and our peoples. Um, so we try to reflect that within our design and within our course. Um, and that is it, but we do it in a subtle way, in a subtle manner. Um, we do have um, some um, historical account and actually Circling Raven is a chief. And so we tell that story um, at our golf course um, and also each of the holes are named and we have tribal names for the each hole as well. So um, we try to incorporate um, our culture, as I said, in a subtle way. And um, that value system, as far as who we are and what we're about as tribal people, um, we, it, we embrace that and we try to um, take, that on, take that into consideration when we develop anything that we um, um, associate with the resort and, and the golf course. Well, sweetgrass and uh, sage are two of our tribal medicines, tobacco and cedar being the other two. So the names are obvious and we have holes named for certain aspects of the tribal culture. Uh, kind of what we did as far as stewardship was the, when we built sweetgrass, the UP, believe it or not, the Great Lakes has droughts. The lakes get low and the, in, the off the lakes, your wells will get low. So one of the things our architect did with sweetgrass at the time was we don't use well water to, to water the course. We actually use affluent um, potable water that comes out of a water treatment plant that we own, that we have with the local community and our tribal community and our casino all use. It puts out about a half a million gallons of potable water a day, gets pumped into the, the system of ponds and streams. It waters the course and it eventually ends up in the wetlands. It goes through a, a series of holes, a series of creeks. And so the locals, we, we're not taking out of the well water, which is, which is important when you go through those dry, period, dry periods, which happens about every 10 to 15 years up here. So that was a big concern then. When we built Sage Run, we wanted to use, you know that Pinehurst look where you have the dry ends, you know, the, towards mm -hmm. the edges of the rough, it's drier now. Right. They're using less water. So we kind of went with that look. We, you know, single row irrigation. We use about two thirds the water of a normal golf course. So that's kind of was, was the concern of our council was, you know, do it, but do it as efficiently as possible. Use as, the least amount of water as possible. And we use, reuse a lot of water. So that, that was our focus. 
you know, one of the things that I've appreciated when I've seen, and I'd like for you guys to talk about it with your specific resorts too, is you've hit on the design of the courses, living on the land and, and kind of maintaining the land as it relates to the golf course. But can you talk a little bit about the Native American experience a guest is going to get when they're there that is is different, that sets you apart in some ways? What am I going to to as a very naive person in in your specific history, what would be an experience for me that that is going to set your entire resort when I visit um, apart from from typical golf? I guess I should say I shouldn't say typical, but other golf resorts. We have what we call, I mentioned in regards to our value system and um, holding steadfast to to that value system. We have what we call traditional tribal hospitality, and we've extended that to a slogan of welcome home. And um, that stems from um, just being very friendly and um, comfortable atmosphere. And when you come to our home, to our resort, to Circling Raven, we open our arms and greet you with a smile and um, treat you to some good food and some good drink and definitely some great golf. Um, and we try to enhance that experience by um, offering that extra special um, friendliness. And so we're, we've, we're known for that. And that, that comes from a value system as well. Um, years ago, we were, um, Coeur d'Alene, of course, is a French name. And it means heart of the owl, which is A-W-L. And um, that meant that we were shrewd traders. And we have I-90, which is an interstate highway that passes through up through North Idaho and Coeur d'Alene. And um, we were shrewd traders and traded um, utilizing that road. And so we've always kind of had a good business sense, but also recognizing that we're um, good community members and we've always um, you know, reached out a friendly hand. Um, so we incorporate that here at our resort. Also, as I said, we tell our story and um, we also developed a culture tourism program, um, which complements some of our visits to the golf course. And we offer um, tours and activities to, to um, everyone they can partake. And we, we do this year round to where we have, as I said, we have, we're surrounded by great beauty. Um, we have hiking, we have canoe, um, kayaking um, activities, and we um, provide guides, tribal guides, and they tell our stories. Um, we live around a lake and we have lived around this lake, the Coeur d'Alene Lake. Uh, for centuries and families, our families lived along the lakes. So we have stories that we can tell in regards to um, where we um, would go for huckleberries, we would camp, and then we would have our fishing spots for trout and um, over in our hunting, hunting areas. And so we tell those stories. And we also have activities to where we have basket weaving. Um, we have some moccasins where we feed moccasins. Um, and we also have our last battle, uh, it's called the Stepto Battle. It's our last battle with the Cortland Tribe and we provide a tour as well. So um, the culture tourism has, um, we're telling our story, we're educating and informing others of who we are and what we're about. And as I said, that complements the visit when they come to um, Circle Raven and to our casino resort. Yeah, it sure does. Well, I in, we're, we're known as the Hannibal Indian community that owns the Island Resort and Casino, and we've been here for a long time. And the uh, if you're a visitor to our resort, you can be as interested as you want. If you want to come in and 
you just want to gamble and golf and leave, you can do that. Uh, we do have a lot of tribal members that work here. So you're not, you're going to know you're on a reservation real fast, uh, whether, whether you seek to or not. But within our casino, we have a lot of history of, you know, our chairman's on the wall, um, history of the tribe. So if you're interested, you can see it right there in the casino. We have a, a museum right off the fifth tee box of our golf, of our sweetgrass course that is open to the public. And it, it's really nice. Goes through the history of the tribe. And we have a powwow every year in late June, third week of June, that it's open to the public. It's not a, it's not a uh, cultural affair. It's more of a social affair, if, if that makes any sense. It's not religious, it's, it's social. So it's open to the public. Anyone can come, it's advertised locally. We've had people travel a long ways to go see it and they get, they understand what it is. People will tell them what it's about. You can go see the museum, it's on the same grounds. So interestingly, the Sweetgrass course got built because of a lady named Zoe Brzezowski. She came up here in the early 20s with her parents when she was eight years old. They went to a powwow. They, they got invited to a feast. They came back two years later and did it again. And she outlived her two kids. She lived to be in her 90s. She outlived her two children and she left us all her money when she retired, when she passed away. And it was about three and a half, four million dollars of seed money that we used to, to build the golf course. Oh. So we named the eighth hole after it's called Zoe Brzezowski. People always ask me who it was. I said, she's a nice lady. Matter, <laughs> but, you know, it was all from a powwow. And they came two, two, two times in three years. And she told her best friend, I met her best friend at the hearing. And I'm an attorney. I've been with the tribe for 23 years and six of it has been as the general manager 17 was as, as a lawyer and she told me the whole story and she said her mom zoe never forgot that and so you never know you never know who you're yeah. gonna impact. that's true i don't think i i um uh, told the story of the circling raven the name and um as i said he was a chief but he also was a prophet so he saw he um prophesied the coming of the black robes and so he, with, which is Catholicism, and mentioned to the, the tribe that um, things are changing and that the black robes will help us adjust to that change. Of course, there's some controversy there, um, but um, they, did, they did help us in some aspects. And um, so he saw, um, he saw them coming and that's the story that, that, we, that we share. Um, as I said, we have that displayed within our golf course. And, um, Circling Raven is a beautiful logo. Uh, we have our beautiful Raven on there. I should have wore it today, <laughs> but um, uh, we definitely will. It will complement um, the Symmetra Tour, Tour logo as well. So. Yeah. When, when was Circling Raven Chief? What was the time period of that? Oh, it was the 1800s. 1800s. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know if he prophesized COVID, but I'm sure that impacted your your operations. Um, I guess my question is, you know, we're hopefully through the worst of it. How, how does the summer season look for opening up and are, are we close to getting back to normal? Any, any early forecasts? Well, we, um, we were the first casino open, but also were, um, we opened our golf course early as well within our area. Yeah. Um, I think we're the first casino nationwide, but then the golf course opened before we did. So they kind of helped um, uh, start out with the, with the protocols. 
um, that was, it was very, you know, as I said, I started in October. So then, you know, we're, we're, I was having fun and then boom, it hit us. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, like February, March, then, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Um, it was just very uh, stressful and frightening for us all. Um, but we knew immediately we had to open our doors as soon as we could because it was so essential that we continue to provide the jobs and the revenue um, that not only tribal members, but the community relied upon. So um, luckily our tribal council got together. We established a task force comprised of a marine and health, health officials, tribal council, myself and our CFO, and immediately sat down and started planning as to how we can open because we knew we had to be safe. We had to safeguard our employees, safeguard our customers, and I'm also in lookout for the community. Um, fortunately, we, were, we had access to our health officials of important data. So uh, we really studied that data uh, surrounding states of Washington and Idaho. And um, we got a hold of some protocols from Wynn Casino in Vegas and um, modified those protocols to fit um, our operation. And so we kicked off um, the golf course opening with the protocols in place. And everyone um, within the pro shop had to wear their masks. We had we um, did some cleaning with the maintained cleaning with the golf carts, um, and we also regulated um, how many people could golf together and for social distancing. Um, if they came together and they were a couple, their their spouse they could ride together. Otherwise, they were just one per one per cart. So we implemented those protocols and were able to um, open the golf course first. And then meanwhile, we prepared to open our casino. We opened the end of March, um, was it the end of March? And uh, actually end of April and May was, um, and so we've been open since. And um, surprisingly, we've done really well. Um, people just, we've had the best year ever with um, golf, increased rounds, uh, revenues done well. I think people just wanna get out there and they wanna relax, they wanna have some fun. And um, this was a good escape. So we've seen um, that golf has, our numbers have grown, as well as our spa. We have a 15,000 square foot spa, Spa Siswakin, um, and the spa is doing really well. We have amazing numbers in our spa. Gaming is doing really well. Um, we, have, um, we have fewer patrons, but our patrons that are coming are spending more money. Um, and I think that people, as I said, they want to escape, they want to relax, they want to have some fun. So um, we have done well through this pandemic, but it's definitely through the protocols and wearing that mask that helped us get through. Would, I would assume some of your other outdoor activities have seen similar increases to golf through the, through the whole period? Uh, we have continued with our culture tours. We've modified them to be a little smaller groups and, um, and, and also we're conducting our protocols as well. Very good. We're, we're recording this in, in early March, but. But Tony, when do you guys get open in the uh, Upper Peninsula and how's the summer season look for you guys? We, we usually open up late April, early May, depending on how much snow we get. So we're, we're, we're looking like late, late April this year. Um, bookings are up. Last year, we had our best golf season ever. We, uh, we have two courses. Once again, we, we were up about between 10 and 15%, which is, which was exciting. And we opened up actually about a week after Coeur d'Alene. And ironically, you know what I used to convince our council to open up? <laughs> hey, Coeur d'Alene's open. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> and so, 
that was that was the, they were the first ones out the gate we weren't very far after and you know there were people were scared for a long time and it was you know we were running we ended up about 92 percent of normal we we came off our record year of 2019 it was a, was the best year we've ever had we were within eight percent of that this year so we were happy um, and it's slowly gotten back to normal. So we just had a record January. We came off the best January we've ever had. So I feel really good. I think the summer is going to be good. It, the golf's up. Uh, Symmetra will be having our event again, and it'll be open to it'll be open to the public. Uh, we, you know, golf courses are big. Our golf course is on 320 acres. And that's big if you understand. They can build them on 80 in a city. You know, those 18 hole courses, those are little, eight, those are 80. This is 320. They're on 600 in Coeur d'Alene. That's yeah. a big, big property. So we're very confident going into the summer, very optimistically cautious, of course, but we feel really good going in. You know, now I want to come visit each of your properties. And um, I don't care whether this is, shameless or not shameless kind of plugs here but can you guys tell us uh and i'll tell me and, and all of the listeners what how do we what's the easiest way from any major airport in the united states to get to your resorts where do we fly into what do we do once we land how do we get to you what's what's the easiest path to get to you guys sure you know a lot of the tribes are located in rural areas and um, we are, but um, it's not as far as people think. And so the quickest way would be to Spokane International Airport, hence the word international. And um, so that's just about 45, 55 minutes away. And so you fly into Spokane and then you take a beautiful drive, 55 minute drive um, to our reservation here in Idaho. Washington and Idaho are very close as far as the state line. And as I said, it's only 55 minutes. So it's a short drive. Um, and if you're coming in, um, as I said, we have the interstate um, I-90 as well. So we're very accessible and we have Highway 95 that just passes by us. It's not bad at all. No. You fly into Orlando, it's going to take you that long to get to Disney. It's going to take you <laughs> longer. <laughs> so, yeah. And toll roads and this and that. Yeah, <laughs> we're... Um, Yes, Spokane is just like 40, 45 minutes away. Um, and then Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is only 25 minutes. North. How far from Boise are you? Um, Boise is about eight hours. Eight hours? That's a haul. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a haul. All right. That's a tall state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about a you, Tony? A long place to go um, yeah. from Boise up there, but it's beautiful. That's a, probably one of the prettiest drives in the country. Uh, for us, we're in, we're in the UP of Michigan about 90, 90 minutes northeast of Green Bay. You can fly to Green Bay, drive up. Uh, we have Marquette Airport, which is about 50 minutes away, which has a lot of airlines. It's a bigger airline, it's a bigger airport. And then we have a local Escanaba Airport. If you fly in there, you can get connections from Milwaukee and we'll pick you up there. It's only 13 miles away. We have shuttles, we can drive you here, drive you to the courses. So if you went that, if you come that close, you don't even have to get a car. So people come different ways and, uh, you know, or drive, you can drive up. We have major highways that come through here. So uh, real accessible. Good. 
And you guys are always welcome, by the way. If you want to, if you're in the area and you want to come up, let me know and we'll get out there and get, we'll golf with you. Yeah, yeah. Good excuse cool. to get out and golf. Um, Kyle and I haven't played golf together since pre-COVID. It's been true. just over that's a year true. now, too. Plan the GIR um, uh, remote uh, interview that's session. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've got two guests coming this summer, so you can count on that. Yeah, that will be great. Um, we're The weather's been pretty mild, so we're thinking end of March we may be able to open. Usually oh, wow. we open about mid-April, but um, let me knock on some wood that we'll be able to open <laughs> Yeah, that may have just caused a snowstorm, Laura. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> and we have some um, wonderful, um, good value stay and play packages as well. Um, they're usually around two eighty nine or so, and that's for two um, oh. to stay in our hotel. We have three hundred rooms in our hotel. Um, I mentioned our spa, fifteen thousand square foot spa. Wow. And um, we have about thirteen hundred gaming machines. And we still have bingo, bingo on weekends. Um, and we have, um, we closed down our buffet since COVID mm -hmm. and we're working on putting in a couple of um, food courts, have a, a food court with a couple uh, fast food outlets. We're looking at an Asian outlet and maybe a fair food outlet, high-end gaming area. So that should be open and up and running by the end of the summer. What's so, the um, what's the buffet prognosis? So I'm curious there because buffets are always so popular at any casino. What's what are you guys? What's the conversation there related to when, if ever, they they, they may come back? Well, we most likely will not be um, not, okay. bringing back our buffet. Actually, COVID was a good chance to kind of look at um, you know what was working, what was not working. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very popular. We had a seafood buffet that was very popular, but we lost a lot of money. And um, so it just, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, and so we closed it down. It was a good excuse to close down. And we're thinking, wow, you know, we're right. able to, um, you know, sustain our, our food outlets and let's just do something that's more efficient. So well, it's usually uh, a big space that you could repurpose into something profitable then too. So that's, I, I guess it's good news in the long run then. I would tend to agree with what you just said. We, we had some, some buffets, salad buffets, um, unless you have a lot, a lot of people every, every day, it's not cost effective. It's just, there's a lot of waste involved and you got to have people that are constantly eating. So you're not wasting. And that's really the key to it. It's more for a big market. I would not have known. So that's, that's, that's says the fat, the fat guy in the corner over here saying, buffet, take me there. Um, well, that's good to know. So guys, yeah, well, I'll, I'll probably have, oh, go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I know we're coming up on time and, and want to yeah. be uh, courteous to everybody. Are, are there any sort of last uh, messages you'd like to share with the listeners? Any, any topics we didn't touch on? Well, I would just like to say before I leave that if you're out there and you're a golfer, the best value you're going to get for your dollar is a, is a casino resort. They, the, the courses are spectacular. They have the, the funds to keep them up in top condition. And your experience is always going to be good. As Laura said, they're trained, to, they're trained to take care of you. And if you're out there, the best value for your dollar is really a tribal casino. Well, I appreciate you guys having us. I don't want yeah. to. Dude, up, thank but... you too. Thank you for coming yeah. on. We, we could have.